the Numinous Podcast with Carmen Spaniola. Hi there, and welcome to the Numinous Podcast, where we have interesting conversations with everyday folks about the mystery of life. This podcast is a compliment to the Numinous School, an online intuition development course for women and men who want their self-awareness to make a difference in the world. I'm your host, Carmen Spaniola, and this week my guest is Sandra Yancey, the founder of the eWomen Network. The eWomen Network is a complete success system for women entrepreneurs with about half a million members in chapters across North America. And we're talking today about integrating intuition into business. I connected with Sandra on the telephone. She was at the eWomen Network head offices in Dallas, Texas. So Sandra, have you always had a deeper knowing that you were meant to do what you're currently doing, leading, you know, hundreds of thousands of women in business? Did you always have an idea that you were going to have that kind of reach and touch that many people? Or are you really surprised by the extent of your success? You know, it's an interesting thing. I want to say that I'm not surprised and I'm surprised. Can you have both answers? Because there's a part of me that, you know, when I first started, I thought my vision was, you know, a worldwide community of, you know, really smoking, smart, savvy, sensational women uh, that would support each other, that would come from a place of abundance, that would trust that there is enough for everyone that would believe that, you know, no one makes it alone, that we, we can never forget where we came from, that we must lift as we climb, you know, that I can't expect others to show up in my life and help me if I'm not willing to show up and help others. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had this grand kind of vision, I want to say, but I didn't really fully uh, understand as well what it would truly be like, what it would truly feel like um, until it started happening. So there's a part of me that says, you know, I put it out there, but I didn't fully understand what I was putting out there. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's kind of an interesting, it's a powerful question that you've asked. And it's a, you know, it's an interesting, you know, concept for me to fully you know, fully take in and really appreciate, Hmm. you know, the difference between the two. What is that like? You know, you said you, you had a vision, which maybe comes from a certain place of creativity, but to actually feel that vision becoming real, what does that feel like? And I imagine there's, you know, there's a spectrum a really wonderful feeling. A big, and maybe a really, challenges. yeah, yeah. It's almost, uh, you know, it's almost like a clock. You know, you can really kind of go around. I've got, you know, a host of various different emotions. It was harder than I thought in mm-hmm. in true candor, um, and uh, it was scary. Uh, it was frustrating. It was um, exhilarating, confirming, eye opening transformational, you know, um, frustrating again, (laughs) you know, eye opening, you know, exhilarating. I mean, I find that, you know, there are, you know, as you grow a business, there's kind of that, there's three fundamental stages. There's kind of that startup phase, right? Where you're just kind of 
almost, I think of myself as ignorance on fire, right? I mean, I just didn't know what I didn't know, you know, and I look back and I, I really actually, you know, give gratitude to the fact that I didn't know, because I think if I would have known kind of the roadblocks, the stumbling stones, you know, the, the, you know, uh, barriers, um, the obstacles, I think I would have, I think I may have said, eh, I can go do something else, <laughs> avoid all this headache, you know? So yeah. there's something, there's something about that, you know, uh, ignorance is bliss kind of phase. Um, it kind of moves you into it. I've often likened it to, you know, having, having a child. I, I mean, I think those, those early stages where they're kind of, they don't move, they just sleep X amount of hours a day, they're like, like, like a little piece of meatloaf, you know, sitting on the counter, you know, just kind of stays there, you know, and then ev eventually, you know, you kind of move into, you know, the, the walking stage. I mean, it's, it's a gradual thing. I think it's almost harder to put, if you haven't had a, a two-year-old in, in your home ever or in a long, long time and all of a sudden you put them in I mean it's exhausting how busy right. you know, <laughs> right. it is right so yeah. there was a little bit of that then there is that kind of growth stage where now you're you're kind of cooking and you've got this, you know, bevy of, you know, customers. And now you realize, oh, I can't really do this on myself. I can't be the jack of all trades. I can't be the chief of everything. I've, I really actually need help. I need systems and I need processes and I need people, you know, to, to help me kind of put this together. And then there is that leverage phase. Okay, my customers are expecting more, different, added value. Um, how, do I, how do I differentiate myself from others that are, you know, doing what I'm doing. There are those people now that are, you know, in the form of flattery, copying me and, and they want to do what I'm doing. And so how do I stay leading edge and how do I really leverage, you know, my, the community that I've built? And all of those stages, I think, brings you back to that, those exactly your initial question. What did it feel like? It's exhilarating and it's, you know, uh, fun and it's engaging, but it's frustrating, you know, and it's, it, you know, and then it, and then it starts to take off. So every stage and evolution of your business, I think, takes you through all of those stages again. And takes you through those stages of evolution personally, because yeah. I hear in oh. your story, like you start out and it's, it's like the fool starting out on the journey, right? Just leave yeah. and the net will appear. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, oh crap. You know, the net's a lot lo lower than I thought. This, <laughs> <that's> right, <where laughs> this feels like, more like a free fall than a hop, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 That idea too, you you know, you talked about like, so it's like having this little baby that you're bringing in. And so many of my guests talk about, you know, it was easier to trust their intuition or their inner voice when they were younger yeah. and, and have that childlike innocence. So did mm. you always have this sort of fierce trust of your instinct or, or your inner no, voice I've, or did you I've, learn that? I've developed it. And, you know, it's interesting for me because it's really been an evolution uh, of my own personal journey. I mean, I, you know, I had a lot of heartache and, and heartbreak in my life as a, you know, even as a young girl, my father, you know, died on my, on my birthday when I turned five years old. And I was in a horrific car accident when I was 14 on my birthday, hit head on by a drunk driver. I was a passenger in the front seat of a car and had the, you know, whole top part of my face, you know, pretty mangled and, uh, required, uh, several surgeries to kind of put back together. And then my, you know, um, 
stepfather, my mother got remarried a number of years later, you know, died six weeks before, you know, I got married. And then I had a brother 13 months older than me, you know, uh, he was 27, I was 26, and he was killed instantly in a car accident when I, uh, it was one year and 11 months to the day that my stepfather died. And, you know, everybody's got their story. So I, I, let me just say, I am not that unique. I mean, everybody has their versions of whatever. But what I do, what, what that did do for me was it created, I, I found that I really created a lot of, um, uh, I want to say cushioning, if you will, um, around my heart. And so I, I realize now, looking back, that I focused on getting educated and being smart, you know, um, and that that was great and it has served me very, very well uh, for a very long period of time. But, uh, you know, as you move into new seasons of your life, right, Carmen, I, you, you know, I, I, I discovered that, you know, I, I would go to bed and I would feel this little, I, I want to say it was almost a ping. This is like, mm, you know, something's missing, you know, with all of this success. And it almost gets scarier, you know, the more successful that you are because you, you, you become accountable and responsible for lots of things, you know, um, you know, two-thirds of an office floor and a high-rise here in Dallas, you know, and I employ lots of people now. And, you know, you know, just lots of things that I feel a tremendous amount of responsibility for, thousands of members, you know, and, and, uh, but I felt like something was missing and I, I kind of just didn't want to look at it, you know, and I, and it, it didn't, I didn't notice it that often just when I got quiet, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and then I, I started to learn that your heart really has its own language and its own calling. And, you know, it speaks to you in a way that your mind simply doesn't understand. Uh, And if you quiet yourself enough to listen, it's actually much more powerful. And I, and I realized that, you know, I, I was missing something. And at first in, in pure authenticity here, I, you know, I thought that maybe it was time for me to leave eWomen Network, that mm. I had run my course, not that eWomen Network had run its course, but that I had run my course within eWomen Network, and it was time for someone else to take over the reins and move it into a new direction. And um, But I learned to slow down and not move so quickly and to give myself time to fully digest and understand, you know, this voice, uh, this new voice that I, um, you know, I was just recently discovering. And, and what I'd learned about it was that it was actually a siren. It was very loud. It had just been cushioned and covered up because there'd been lots of bruises, you know, and, and, uh, and I've just found ways to, you know, not pay attention to it, uh, but it wasn't really going to ever go away. Mm-hmm. Um, it was going to stay, you know, true. And that little ping was actually a scream, a siren that had just been covered up. And as I started to work on kind of peeling back the layers, if you will, um, I started feeling my chest beat like I just had not paid attention to, to be honest. And I, 
I uh, I discovered that there was something else there. And, you know, over the course of about, you know, 15 months or so, I realized that, you know, eWomen Network was an important journey for me. And the role that I played within eWomen Network for so long was essential for me to get to where I was because now I could actually move into a new role within the company mm-hmm. and really begin to focus on only the things that only I can do. And uh, and I and I feel like I'm just now really revealing my gifts of what I can, you know, help this organization and myself and others transform into, really not just living their dream and not just monetizing their dream, but truly being their dream. Mm-hmm. And that's an, a, a different evolution. Beautiful. Okay, I'm really touched by your sharing your personal story of just so much, I mean, wave after wave, tidal wave after tidal wave of tragedy. When you finally got still, I'm just curious what that looks like. Do you meditate? Did you go away? Were you with girlfriends? Like, Mm. what does it look like when you get still and you're processing and integrating a lifetime of hurt? Yeah. Well, for me, what it was, was my mother was coming to the end of her life very, very unexpectedly. She had come to visit me for the holidays. Uh, She had a little trip, nothing big. In fact, she dusted it off like, oh, silly me, I need to pay better attention. Are you okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, she just kind of fell to her knees, you know, and helped Mm -hmm. her up. And she's like, please don't fuss. Let's, you know, continue. We were in the kitchen, you know. She was, I was in the kitchen cooking and she was, you know, coming into the kitchen. And we just, you know, went throughout our day was actually preparing for a New Year's Eve gathering at my home. And uh, the next day she woke up, which was New Year's Eve, and she, you know, had a, her ankle was a little swollen. I was concerned uh, for her, and I, uh, she, I was actually flying her home on January 2nd of last year. And so, uh, you know, this is now, you know, the 31st, and I'm thinking – oh my goodness, tomorrow's January 1st, everything's going to be closed on New Year's Day. And of course, we're leaving the next morning. So I said, you know, Mom, I think we need to, I need to get you into emergency. You may just need a little boot, something to stabilize her because she was, you know, on a walker, a cane, mostly during the house and a walker whenever we left the house. And and she fussed at me, I don't need this, I'll be fine. But she, progressively as the day went on. So, you know, it was, I think around two o'clock-ish, I said to, she finally said, you know, I think I probably do need to check this out. And um, so I, I said to my husband, I'll be back in a few hours. The party is still on. I'll take her up and, and uh, you know, have her x-rayed. And I'm sure it'll be a little while because it is New Year's Eve, right? <laughs> and um, But uh, fast forward without going belaboring the bottom line issues of having a uh, a heart attack and then ultimately going into complete renal failure. And by that Friday, uh, which was January 4th of 2013, uh, she... uh, the, the doctor came in. I was uh, alone with her, and uh, you know, he said, "I'm looking at her medical records. She indicates that she's Catholic, and so I feel an obligation to tell you that, you know, there, you know, if you don't have your own priest, um, you know, we we have a chapel, you know, uh, priest that we can bring in, and you know, it is probably time for last rites." Mm-hmm. And um, so, immediately called my family, had all of that done. And then, uh, and and just told the family I I just needed some quiet time, and uh, so they left, and I closed the hospital door because it was the only glaring light that was coming in, and I was just listening to her breathe, you know, and I was, and she was started to 
to talk and say a lot of things that I had never heard before. She was raised as an an orphan, and um, there was a lot about her life, early life, that was painful for her that she never really wanted to talk about, and I didn't want to bring a lot of pain to her. So I, I finally, in my 20s, kind of gave it up, and but she started reliving. And, and Carmen, it was very eye-opening for me because not only did this help me, you know, start to understand her a little bit better in these final days, um, but it, it helped me understand me a little bit better. Mm. And bottom line is, you know, when she just kind of, quietly went to sleep and and by the way just said so that I'm clear she is actually alive today she's on dialysis so I just want to say um, but that those days were and she was talking to me about the angels and the gold veils do you see the magnificent gold veils I've never seen anything so beautiful and the bows and you know she's clearly transitioning and I I um but when she got real quiet and asleep I sat down in the in a little recliner in her room I turned on my iPad and I just I could see my reflection in the iPad and I just started looking at myself and that's when I got really really quiet you know and I started realizing you know they say I'd often heard that you know towards the end of your life your life flashes in front of your eyes you know and I thought I I really witnessed that in her as she was talking you know just her life flashing and I thought to myself you know, if this is true, you know, and your life is like a motion picture, you know, I want to make sure mine is really worth watching. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to make sure that, that this is, that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And I, and I, and I want to make sure that when it's time for me, and I'm a believer, I'm not, I'm not putting my, my beliefs on anyone else. I, I, I value people's different beliefs and, and, um, you know, orientations toward, you know, God and Christianity and higher power and source and religion and all of that. But what I do believe for me, for Sandra Yancey, is that someday I will be judged. And I just, I started thinking to myself, you know, my goodness, I, I, um, you know, when that day comes and I'm, and I'm asked, you know, did you, did you give it your all? Did you do what your divine purpose was to do? And I started to really realize I hadn't, you know, and that was the beginning. And then it was a lot of transitions that year. My daughter was getting married. My my son was graduating from high school, getting ready to go to college. Our, our family dog uh, ended up, you know, at 13 years of age, getting very sick and, you know, dying within 10 days and a lot of transitions for me. And it just really was you know, a, an opportunity for me, Carmen, in, in my letting go and my grieving process, you know, as well as embracing new beginnings. Um, but it was really a, a total process for me. And then I, I latched onto a friend of mine. He was in my mastermind group. He noticed that I was wearing sunglasses. I hadn't even noticed through the entire mastermind. He says, I feel like, I feel like I'm not seeing you right now. Mm. And uh, are you hiding or are you evolving what's going on with you and he ended up being a very good coach to me um and then i i opened it up to some girlfriends it was a layering of first me trying to figure out what was going on and realizing to be totally honest i couldn't quite figure it out all by myself right and um uh and then someone noticing and you know coming forward and saying, I can support you and help you. And then it gave me strength to open up to some girlfriends that I trusted and, you know, uh, then my family. And, you know, it's been a full, full, uh, most painful thing, scariest thing actually I've ever done. Um, And it helped me totally redefine fear for the first time in my life. 
you know, fear for me is an acronym for feel everything and rise, you know, and it took me down. I mean, lots of tears, lots of scary moments, lots of um, feelings of just wanting to fly away, you know, Um, and and, uh, actually inquired about a little place in, of all places, Victoria, Really? Um, mm-hmm. Yes, very special place for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so much so when I go back on tour the week that I'm in Victoria, I'm actually bringing my daughter uh, oh, for the very great. first time, and uh, it's a tranquil place and uh, just a spiritually connected place for me, and um, and uh, I, you know, I I. Uh, have made a complete shift in how I completely show up in my own life now. And I'm 54 years old, you know, Mm -hmm. and I feel like a totally reinvention. Uh, And I'm not done. I'm not done. So it's reinventing, I guess I should say, woman. Yeah. So now that everything has shifted, you've had that experience of standing, Mm -hmm. you know, at the threshold at your mother's bedside, the veil between the world so thin and everything changes for you. It's like the curtain was pulled back and you're seeing that divine apparatus that's propping up your life. And so now as you're reinventing, as you move forward with your business and your greater purpose in the world, how Mm -hmm. much of your decisions now are strategic and coming from that sharp mind and how Mm -hmm. much is intuitive and coming from your heart and what's the process when you're Mm -hmm. at a crossroads now like should I you know should Mm -hmm. I step forward with that project or do I you know do I align with this organization or what have you how do you make that decision and what's that process like now? I think it's a it's an important balance. I'm very much into meditation. I've always been actually. I just referred to it as quiet time because I learned my logical brains, you know, told me that people, you know, at at a time in my life, you know, the kinds of people that I was interacting with didn't value meditation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And uh so I just kind of referred it referred to it as my quiet time. Even my children would tell you, you know, this is, you know, uh, mommy's going to cl- her quiet time. I had a perennial garden and I would spend, you know, my mornings and my evenings there. And uh, the kids knew that, but now I'm much more open with kind of claiming. Uh, so, so I have my meditation and I have my gratitude journal. I'm very, uh, still very much focused on the logics, the, an- the analysis of the business. Uh, you know, I, I'm very creative. And so, you know, I often come up with ideas and then bring my team. I have a very, very sacred, powerful team around me now where um, I I trust them. They trust me uh, here at the corporate staff. Very, we're very close to each other. And, you know, I can just tell by the energy in the room when they see something, both, both when they're excited about something or, you know, if they look at me and their head tilts a little bit that maybe I'm just not clear. Yet, I don't look at it as a negative. I look at it as I haven't, I haven't found my words to fully convey, so that they can understand to kind of weigh in. Yet, you know, um, I pay attention to when they get nervous. You know what that 
that means because I believe now in, you know, feeling a certain amount of discomfort. I, I, I honor that in my system and I feel that that is part of, you know, my body growing, my, my body telling me that you're in new territory here. Don't run from it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, feel it, own it, you know, go back to your track record. You know, you know, life's been had its real tough moments and I'm 100% surviving all of that. This isn't as crippling as my initial hallucinations might lead me to believe, you know, and, uh, and then we start crunching numbers, you know, so it's a beautiful balance for me now. You know, I've actually hired someone that, you know, runs the operations, the financial side of the business now so that I don't have to actually do that crunching. I can assign it and then have it come back to me. And then I can, I take my quiet time and just kind of, you know, and I am an introvert by nature, so I need my my just quiet space to just kind of mull over it, you know. And the staff now laughs at me because they'll come to me with a problem. And instead of being so quick to respond, I'll say, let's get back together in an hour mm. on this, you know. And I just need to come into my office and just kind of be in, be in my quiet space. I find that I'm coming, you know, coming uh, to bet there's no decision Carmen so far that has needed to be answered immediately that doesn't mean you can't move you don't move with speed it's just that I've redefined speed from you know a two-minute response to a 60-minute response and I'm finding that you know the world is very tolerant of those extra 58 minutes (laughs) (laughs) like has there ever been a time as an entrepreneur when you've gotten so excited about an idea like it's felt like it a divine download and you mm-hmm. want to carry this forward and and your team or people around you are looking at you and they're feeling fear but you're yeah. you know you're just you're at the edge of their comfort zone but you feel a, a greater pull that you know that you ahead yeah. of you is willing you forward what about those times how do you deal yeah. with that now well, now what you know what we do is, and I had that happen last year when I launched my five-day transformed woman, you know, igniting and monetizing your wow retreat, um, and I just said this is where I'm going. I, I, you know, and I come to them with logic. So you know. Uh, and I say, you know, here's the here's the scoop. You know, 15 years ago, almost 15 years ago, when I started my company, uh, the Center for Women's Business Research had done a study that said that only 2% of all women entrepreneurs ever broke, you know, a million dollars in revenue. And here we are, you know, almost September for me will be 15 years. And uh, the... Um, the Open with American Express did a study, and they found out that the uh, needle on the dial hasn't moved. Mm. And so it begs the question, kind of what's going on, right? What's going on? And what I feel is happening is that, and what I see now so very clearly, is that as entrepreneurs, what we often want to do is look for all the solutions outside, you know, all kind of the business solutions, all that logic, all that head stuff, which is very important. Okay, I've got to have a good website. Can't be a brochure website. It's got to be interactive. It's got to engage my audience. It's got to be changing all the time with content. I've got to be able to transact business with them, right? It's important to have, you know, your search engine 
engine optimization? How do I make sure that people find me so that I'm not like a soda can floating out in the middle of the ocean and nobody knows that I'm out there and I'm a small business owner, so I don't have a lot of marketing budget in order to brand myself in a big way. So, you know, understanding the search engine optimization is essential. Um, understanding that the trends are that people are overwhelmed with email. There's too much for them to read. There's information being bombarded at them every, you know, time they look at their inbox. And so, you know, what's the trend now is video. People feel more connected. They feel like they're really kind of experiencing you more eye-to-eye, face-to-face, belly-to-belly. And, you know, as we test it, yes, it's true. The open rate in your email skyrockets when you go to video. So now we've got to look at doing business that way. And the list goes on. I mean, I can go on and on about all the logical, important things that you need to do um, in business. And we need to look outside and we need to be able to take, it's important for us to stay well-read and, you know, to attend workshops and, the, you know, and seminars and conferences and all of those things are absolutely essential. But what we're, we're, but just doing that, Carmen, is not moving the dial mm-hmm. in a, it, 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 by itself. So it's not let, it's not about let me move away from it if that's not working, because I do believe that is working. So it's not like throwing out the baby with the bathwater. It's holding on to that, but saying, now what's missing? And what, what I do believe is what's really going on is that women aren't really now matching that with what's going on in their heart. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a whole nother language I mean, and it's a whole nother messaging. It's a whole nother strength. And we play awfully small and we subscribe to a lot of hallucinations around why we got to play small. Well, I want to be flexible. I want to have control. All of that's crap. The truth of the matter is, mm-hmm. you know, it's a big myth and it's kind of like multitasking. Like women have, you know, subscribed to this whole notion that, you know, I'm the queen of multitasking. Well, I know women that I feel like they're wearing it like it's a badge of honor or something. Well, all the research that's out shows that that's really not true. There is no such thing as multitasking. You're just doing a lot of different things really, 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 really fast. Okay. But you know, you're, you're, you're not focusing on multiple things at the same time. You're really not. It's split second decisions. And the truth of the matter is really successful people give it all their 100% attention and focus. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, this whole thing about multitasking and flexibility, I mean, you have the least amount of flexibility when you're small and you're robbing Peter to mug Paul. I know that because I was there. I have way more flexibility now that I've gone big because now I've got people to do things that if I need to go and take care of my mother, by the way, you know, I basically was out of the office just touching base, but living out of the office for about five weeks and my mm-hmm. staff stepped up to the plate. I mean, if I'd have been just me, this business would have, you know, you know, gone, gone to hell in a handbasket. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So mm-hmm. it's in going big that you really do have the flexibility, mm-hmm. you know, and so, and, and you got as much stress playing small as you do big. It's all relative. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> So for me, for me, it's really about, you know, giving people an opportunity to share their voice. So it's being a better listener, slowing down, letting them express what their concerns are, you know, so that I actually have the information and the data to be able to say, let's really test that for a moment. Is this really true? What if, if we can, what if all the things that could go wrong, could we talk about what if, would happen if all the things went right? Mm. 
you know, and so it's, um, I, I just learned that there's a lot of data I had. I just did a mastermind group, just came back, and uh, I'm telling you, they came and they got what they wanted, but more importantly, they left with what they needed, and that is there were so many more breakthroughs by helping, by me, helping women, just by listening to them, their languaging, the words that they use, where that's coming from, peeling back the layers, and how so much of what holds us back is our own internal stuff that's going on that is so clogging up the system to really release our potential. And you just can't, I'm here to tell you, you can't do one without the other. You can, but you'll get stuck. And I think when you find yourself frustrated or, you know, you're going, this should be so much easier. I'm working so hard. I know it shouldn't be this hard. You know, what is it that she's doing that I'm not doing? Because I know I'm just as capable, just as smart, just as able as that person. Where is that disconnect? Well, you're trying to figure it out too logically. And a lot of times it's kind of buried in that inner voice, inner heart. And I, I'm doing so much of that work. And then, but understanding, I'm not getting real woo-woo with you here, Carmen. I'm telling you, you can take that then. That's why I say wow is about getting access to new, the first W is new wisdom, new aha, things that you just not paid attention to. That you just need, to, it's kind of like that little spot right under your nose, you know, where the, the bottom of your nose meets the top of your lip. I mean, mm-hmm. you can cross your eyes, you can do whatever you want, you just can't see it, but it's there. That doesn't, doesn't mean it's not there. It's there, mm-hmm. right? And then the opportunities, the oh and wow is what are the new opportunities? With this wisdom, what is it that you see now that you hadn't seen before? And then the final W and WOW is how do you create wealth out of that? And wealth for me is getting rich, not just your bank account, but getting rich in the right relationships, right? Getting, getting rich and putting yourself in, in a place where, you, where these seeds, these ideas you have really can germinate. They really do get nurtured and they get taken care of and they get, you know, tilled and they get watered and they get fed, you know, and, and you're putting light on them. You're not shoving them in a room where they stay dormant you know, or wilt or worse yet die. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love how you're marrying the head and the heart so much, especially with wisdom, opportunities, wealth, whatever that means for people and right. even wisdom, whatever that means, you know, I, I, it's, um, it's, a, it's a beautiful alchemy that you have as I bring this time together to a close, I'm going to ask you just one last question. And it Mm. comes from the Proust questionnaire. It's a short question. Some people find it easy. Some people need to take a second. The question is, what do you consider perfect happiness? Uh, well, happiness is a big thing for me. So um, I do a lot about happiness. In fact, my whole retreat is built on, you know, the, the five fundamentals of happiness. But in the shortest, in the shortest way to answer that for me, uh, true happiness is saying yes when I want to say yes and no when I want to say no. And I I don't care what it is in my life. When I go, yes, this is what I want, I do it, and I'm in alignment with it, with my head and my heart, and that I don't say yes when I really mean no. Mm. That I honor my no as much as I honor my yes. Oh, that's so great. Gives me chills. Well, I am so honored that you said yes to be here today. Thank you so much for spending time with us, Sandra. Absolutely, my joy. Wow is right. 
Is that not a touching story? You know, when you hear Sandra talk about loss after devastating loss as a young woman, and I find it so inspiring to ask her, how does she stay connected to her faith and to her core? And it comes down to those two fundamentals, meditation and gratitude. So here is a working woman worth millions, leading hundreds of thousands of people as a public figure and her own team of so many at eWomen Network, working with them on a daily basis, and it still comes down to meditation and gratitude. Two fundamentals, folks, can't say it enough. Today's show notes can be found on my blog at carmenspaniola.com, C-A-R-M-E-N-S-P-A-G-N-O-L-A. That's where you'll find links to learn more about today's topic and my guest Sandra Yancey and the eWomen Network. I want to thank Sandra again for being here and thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I'd love your review on iTunes and please share it far and wide. You never know who needs to hear it right now. If you'd like to keep exploring the great mystery of life with me, you can go to my website and click on The Numinous School, my online intuition development course. While you're there, sign up for my monthly email newsletter. You'll instantly receive a meditation download and you'll get something free from me every month. Until next time, take care.